This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Dara Star Tucker, uh, welcome to Against All Enemies. Good to talk to you again. When I first saw this viral music video sensation, Richmond, North of Richmond, I knew I had to talk to you because mm. instantly something seemed off about it and I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> then I read the lyrics and realized this, this is a dog whistle. And then I read the comments and I thought, oh no, this is going to get bad. Before I get your take, I want to roll a short clip of it for the audience. Here it is. I wish politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is Living in a new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men you do and then I don't think you know but I know that you do cause your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no hen cause the rich men north the rich men okay I think you're probably seeing some of what I'm seeing in that screed, uh, supposedly a a working class anthem, but it has so much in there yeah. that I don't think most people are picking up on. What are you seeing? Um, yeah, well, it's so it's kind of funny, almost in the same way that the Jason Aldean video seemed. It, it was almost it was OK for a minute. We got through the first verse and we got through the, you know, part of the chorus and then things suddenly start to go south. Things suddenly start to reveal themselves. We realize that we were not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Um, so we're in some different territory. And yeah, when he starts kind of going into the diatribe about, you know, we're, first we're talking about working class people and, you know, it's coal miners. And this is, you know, um, really hearkening back to the Appalachian tradition of like, uh, folk songs and, and um, really tr traditional music that has expressed the frustrations um, of, of a downtrodden group of people, legitimately downtrodden, historically downtrodden group of people. You know, there's there's real poverty there and really something for them to to complain about legitimately. But then we get to the second verse 
and suddenly we are uh, making references to essentially to to Pizzagate and to some QAnon conspiracy theories about uh, politicians uh, supposedly being entangled in uh, child sex trafficking, and people should be more concerned about. Uh, M-I-N-E-R-S, minors, versus M-I-N-O-R-S, minors. Uh, minors on islands. I mean, it's on as, it's as clear what we're referring as to. <laughs> Yeah, so this, you know, there was a movie that came out recently that really kind of stoked a lot of those those fires. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Sound of Freedom. Starting, yes, Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel uh, film. And so, you know, this sort of phony uh, save the children movement where we're somehow ignoring all of the uh, child predators and groomers who are who have been in the church for years and who continue to be protected. But we're more concerned about uh, conspiracy theories around how this is possibly some left wing, you know, centered uh, issue. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the first indication that something's awry, something's amiss. And then, you know, a random reference to uh, supposedly uh, overweight people, just, uh, you know, and uh, overweight people being the, the greatest recipients of, of welfare and you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds. And I'm like, what what in the world? <laughs> How did we get here? I thought we were <laughs> I thought this was a work, you know, a working man's anthem. And suddenly now we're you know, it's it's just kind of leaning into some of the worst right-wing talking points that are really not founded in in reality because in fact uh people from from the demographic that the song represents are some of the the greatest recipients of of welfare Indeed. and so what do you do with that you know it's it's a conveniently overlooked fact almost every time the right talks about welfare and the supposed scourge of welfare scams which is just a fraction of the total welfare paid out, the vast majority of it goes to, as you said, the demographic that this artist is trying to uplift and celebrate. But what what really gets me about it, and and I think the thing that set me off initially before I got into the the Epstein references and, (laughs) and all of that, was the idea that a protest song about the working class struggle coming from the right has to victimize another marginalized group. And it made Mm -hmm. me think of the protest songs on the left that I can't think of a single example that does that. I think about, you know, Woody and Arlo. I I mean, I think about all Mm -hmm. of them. I put Springsteen in that category, born in the Mm -hmm. USA. He's talking about the struggles of coming back from Vietnam. And the struggle was with the VA or with the factory Mm -hmm. that's shutting down. It's not with poor, overweight people, right? That's, That's how it's set up in this song. That yeah, that's a tonal shift. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's 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 indicative of of kind of where we are as as a nation right now. It's 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 really hard to say that there is a genuine populist movement um, of, afoot because really we are we're really embroiled more so in a, in a culture war. Um, that that really is, as you said, pitting these marginalized groups against one another. And that's just a different it's a different territory than what existed in the days of of Woody Guthrie or Arlo. I mean, we you know, we still have troubadours like Jason Isbell, I think, who are are doing an incredible job of of speaking for the working, you know, the working man, working class people. Um, But then you have this other element that has crept in, that has made its way in, that just it it just kind of saddens you because the song itself, I would say, is much more musically viable and leans in much more to the tradition, you know, the folk tradition 
than that um, ridiculous Jason Isbell song, in my opinion, the ridiculous Jason Isbell song or, or the new John Rich song that, that I've heard just a little snippet of uh, very recently. Um, so, you know, you can it, when you first hear it, it's like, OK, we're kind of we're, we're in a, a musically kind of viable territory. But then just, yeah, you, you can you can feel a lot of that that poison start to creep in. And it, it's just so disheartening once you realize what's going on. I actually love the setup. I love the outdoor studio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love the authenticity of it, the simplicity of it. It's the message that I think yeah. is is doing real damage. And I love your thoughts on why the right seems to love it so much. Matt Walsh said this kind of off the cuff on his show. He said, the truth is that guys like Anthony, the musician, they work all day to provide for themselves and their own families. They're not fans of the fact that their money is being taken from them. Food is being taken out of their children's mouths in order to prop up this system of entitlements that really functions as nothing more than a vote buying scheme for Democrats. I think Matt Walsh speaks for a lot of the right and their reaction to this song. I think it speaks, and I saw that Marjorie Taylor Greene, because you sent me the Twitter link initially for the song, Marjorie Taylor Greene had commented, oh, this is just the anthem of, of my constituents. And, you know, it's it just speaks to, to a particular uh, type of fantasy that the right has about themselves and what they actually stand for. Um, it's like it's a canonizing or, a, a, you know, it's, it's a, a fantasy, a, a fantastical um, perception that they have of themselves, which is not really rooted in reality for the majority of them. I, I don't know what this this writers, the songwriters background is specifically, but to say that the majority of the the folks who are now uplifting and supporting the, the person who is the front runner on on the right on on the Republican side to to say that the majority of the people who are supporting Donald Trump are fall into this this category of of people who's who are just fighting day to day to make ends meet and you know the tax man is is taking all of our dollars out of our pockets to say that that the majority of them fall into that category I think is completely erroneous it it feeds into a fantasy that the right have about themselves the sort of disaffected working class person those are not by and large the folks that are uplifting and supporting uh, the MAGA movement. I mean, Donald Trump is is raising a whole lot of money for his legal fees off of folks who are are very much in support of him and have have plenty of money um, to back up their support. I mean, we've seen uh, what, what were like the boat parades that were happening, and who are these people that can afford to 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 uh, own yachts and um, you know giant uh, uh, tr trucks, you know, going down the streets and things with these huge flags you know, waving the, the trucks that were impeding traffic, you know, a couple of years ago, right around the time the election was being protested. And I'm like, these are people with, you know, these are people with money. A lot of these folks, they are not, you know, disaffected coal miners. That's that's generally not what we're dealing with here. So the, the majority of folks, I think, propping up this movement are are really not very closely associated with the demographic uh, that this song references. Well, and the idea that that Trump is the champion of the working class. I mean, this is class. this is well trod territory, but in the context of like the taxman reference right. in this song, the guy paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes, right? We, we know that now. I, I mean, who's cheating who here? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 amazing how how someone who who represents really the the antithesis of you know what what historically um, this marginalized. And I, I can legitimately say that, you know, the Appalachian community, which is uh, mostly what's being referenced here, 
they they do represent an an historically marginalized community in this country. But to say that they're you know that their hero or the person that represents their cause um, is is this man. I think it's just it's totally divorced from reality and it, and it it has never made sense to me and I don't think it ever will. There's another thing that you, you really kind of have to go deep into this to to make sense of. It's the the broad brush attack on politicians writ large. It mm-hmm. is so easy to do, but it mm-hmm. really bothers me. It worries mm-hmm. me as well. Uh, because it is a it is a kind of both sidesism that excuses mm-hmm. not participating in the political process mm-hmm. or saying that they're all just the same. And when I heard the the refrain "rich men north of Richmond," I thought about the contrast between my two senators, uh, J.D. Vance, investment banker guy who should be the standard bearer for these people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, from Appalachia. Um, pulled himself up and is rolling in billionaire's money versus mm-hmm. Sherrod Brown, who is not a rich man north of Richmond, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is in public service, has been in public service his whole life. He didn't go the hedge fund route like like J.D. Vance did. And mm-hmm. I just worry that the ease with which we attack our political public servants um, is is really corrosive, and it's part of the reason we have such terrible political public servants. Um, not all of them. Sherrod Brown mm-hmm. is carrying the torch for a lot of us, but it's how we get people like J.D. Vance. Mm-hmm. Now, J.D. Vance is the person that wrote Hillbilly Elegy. Is he not? He is. He is. He is. Yale Law School mm-hmm. guy. He was a year, I think, ahead of me there. And, you know, there was a lot of hope for him when yeah. that book came out that he was yeah. going to be like the Trump whisperer. Right. Right. But then right. he gets on the Peter Thiel bandwagon and just goes off the edge. Full mm-hmm. on yeah. MAGA, ultra MAGA Trumper. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, and, that, and this song reminded me a lot of what I know, because I haven't read that full book yet, but it reminded me a lot, a lot of that book. When I first heard it, I thought, oh, He's, you know, he's he's speaking to this again, this disaffected community that, hey, these are the forgotten people. These are the ones that we have, you know, that have been uh, left somewhere along the way. And we need to you know, pay attention to this group of, of folks whose whole way of life has been uh, decimated by capitalism. And you think, yeah, oh, he's going to end up just being this this voice of of reason. And it's kind of it, it much like the song. Um, his his political career has just descended off into uh, just an uh, embankment that it, it's it's really disappointing to witness. I'm I'm really sad to see what has happened um, with him yeah. with JD Vance well, specifically. It's disappointing for you. It is crushing for us in Ohio because we have to mm. live with them and the shame of having elected him. Uh, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll deal yeah. with that in four more years. Um, mm-hmm. Since I have an actual super talented musician. Um, I, I would love your take on the, the lyricism and the musicality because my judgment is, is colored by like my, my dislike of the political message. I actually really like his voice. The lyricism seems a little bit, uh, I guess, lazy. There's literally four yeah. lines of verse and then he just repeats himself again and right. again and again. I, I guess that's emblematic of the complaint itself. But what, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to get into this and whether my opinion on that would even be warranted, needed, uh, required, but I'm always willing to give my opinion on music. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, his his delivery, his vocal delivery, because I'm a vocalist and that's generally what stands out to me initially, his vocal delivery felt a little bit forced. I liked where he was coming from. And I feel like, well, I feel like what I'm listening to is someone who is, he's got a real gift, but he's just inexperienced with it. And he's still kind of trying to find that creative voice. And so, you know, if, if the if the song had kind of stayed on track, I could imagine someone like, you know, NPR's tiny desk or whatever, picking him up because he really, you know, has there, there's a rawness there that we don't really hear a whole lot these days, which I think is part of what what stands out to people. But the lyricism, I completely agree with you. I feel like um, it, it could have gone somewhere there. You know, there could have been poetry there. And obviously he he has some heroes, you know, like. Dylan, possibly, and, and Woody Guthrie and, uh, you know, some others. We all know, you know, who the, the the primary folks are that he's pulling from. And I hear some Jason Isbell in his voice as well. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it, it very much just stopped short of any real poeticism. And there was some some overly kind of simplistic rhyming schemes going on. It 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 really was it fell quite short of what it possibly could have been. Um, lyrically, even, you know, even presenting the message that it is, it, it still was was pretty remedial um, in, in in places, um, but but still had some some hints of some potential brilliance, I guess, much like his voice. Well, I love your take. Love your perspective on all of it. Uh, thanks so much. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely, Ken. I've enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for having me.